0: Hey, this is Chris Cresswell, and you're listening to the Miserable Failure Podcast.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Miserable Failure Podcast. I am Michael Krusty, the fabulous host that you all love. Eh. I guess. I i don't know. I never really ask. nor one ever really tells me. I just assume, people. I have Chris Cresswell from The Flatliners and Hot Water Music on the episode today, and I am uh, excited. I always say that every episode, but I get excited. I don't know what to tell you. The Flats have a new album out called New Ruin, and Hot Water Music has a new album out called Feel the Void. We get into both those albums and how they all came about and all that good stuff. It's a great chat with Chris. Stick around to the end, there's lots of great music as well. Enjoy this one. Here is Performative Hours by the Flatliners. Christopher, I'm going to call you Christopher this entire episode. How are you doing, Christopher?
0: That's fine. I feel, I'll feel like I'm in trouble with my mom the whole
1: time then. Well, a lot of people call you Crust, right? Or the Crust... Is that, uh, I don't is know, that know I if
0: anyone puts a "the" in front of it okay. because that's a little. Yeah, it feels it feels very official. It
1: feels it feels. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even really know what that really means. But anyways, no. Um, people call me crust sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we we can't we can't both be crust or crusty. That's too confusing for the the listeners. Yeah, but this I'll is this Chris. is already. It's, we'll it's I'll just call you Chris. Call, call me back another time. Yeah, we'll, yeah, it, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, thank you for coming out. No. <laughs> uh yeah no, i'll call you chris uh how, how's everything how you doing you're so busy Oof, yeah i'm tired man i'm fucking exhausted but i'm
0: good i'm good like i'm i'm like so tired my bones hurt but in a good way you know what i
1: mean that's why i got into music for uh for my bones to hurt oh yeah you know? that's yeah, oh, yeah that's that's it eh it, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy it's crazy like when you're you know 14 15 you're like you pick up a guitar, you start playing music, and you're just like, oh, this is great. I want to do this for the rest of my life. You don't realize all the other stuff that you need to learn. No, exactly. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's just like, oh, oh, I need to learn all about business? Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then, yeah. you have to learn
0: all about business in an industry where everything changes all the time and everyone's just making up the rules as they go yes yes um you also have to be yeah not only do you have to i mean you hopefully are proficient enough with like playing your instrument um that you can kind of do it on a daily basis on the road or just like you know deliver the goods when you're making a record whatever it is but also you are kind of um expected by, you know, just like the, uh, the, the calling of maybe of being a touring musician to be good at traveling, uh, which is, which is not something anyone is born with. So that comes with time. So there's a lot of growing pains there and doing it the wrong way for too long and all this kind of stuff. And also you've got to be able to navigate a group dynamic at every waking moment, um, of the day when you're on the road, which is a lot to ask out of anyone. So it's, uh, you know, these are just the uh, these are just the things that you don't really know about when you're getting into it when you're 14 years old. Yeah,
1: I know you're a vocalist, so like, do you do the caffeine thing on the road a lot, or or do you stay away from caffeine because you got to sing? No, man, I drink so much coffee; it's it's
0: ridiculous. Like, I, to the point now where it does, I don't even think it does anything. I think it's more just the routine of that. Like, it, I think it's just my body. Maybe it's my brain more than my body craves that flavor. Yeah. Every morning. And I could drink dude, especially if I'm, I mean, while I'm on the road I, yeah, I definitely drink a few coffees a day. There's not much I avoid on the road, to be honest. Like I don't smoke. Um, like I, I don't really smoke weed that much anymore because we're on the road so much because it usually just fucks with my program too, too much that I, I kind of basically like the more I'm on the road, the less I smoke weed. Um, but you know, like, I don't really like, I I try not to like, I try not to be the guy like out there, I guess, after a show, like talking a lot in a loud, in a loud place. Cause I feel like the, the talking kind of takes my voice away quicker than the actual singing does. Now it's also fun to go out there after the show, whatever, but it's uh, you know, it's, it's tricky, man. I mean, like I'm 35 years old, but I feel much older because I started young. Um, well, you got a lot of road years on you a lot of road years yeah like if dog years and cat years are a thing then road years are a thing as well i think <laughs> and um i think so and also just like you know it's uh I, I think over the years i've learned how to use my voice better but also as i get older it's like you know it's like the body fucking breaks down so i gotta be careful with certain things but i'm lucky that there aren't many things i have to avoid i guess um dude really if i'm home working on music
1: like not on tour, I will not eat all day because I'll just be drinking coffee all day. Yeah, you're just so working and not thinking about it. Maybe like if I feel like
0: I'm in a, I'm on a creative streak, I don't want to break that to make a meal to eat that meal, and then maybe my energy level has dipped big time because I've eaten. You know what I mean? And like, it was the first time I've eaten in eight hours. You know, so it's I see that it's can, tricky, man. Yeah, I can it's, feel that. I, I get obsessed with it. You know what I mean? So, so I just yeah.
1: When you get into a creative zone. Are you just like in another world? Like anyone who's like in your bubble or in your area, if they're talking to you, like just say you're you're in your office, sort of or at home, and you're you're writing a song, and your wife's trying to talk to you. But like, is it just like you don't even hear her because you're just in the zone, being creative? Uh, more or less, yeah. I mean,
0: like I I definitely hear her. I would definitely hear people like you know trying to uh, communicate. <laughs> inter- in- yeah, well, I think say intervene, but I guess communicate is a way less dramatic way to put it. <laughs> um yeah but I definitely I definitely obsess like I definitely get to the point where I'm really just like I have one thing on my mind and I work a lot on that stuff kind of all hours of the day you know what I mean but I find that I usually do my best work in the morning or late at night the rest of the day I could still have a day where I'm not eating I'm drinking coffee I'm working on music all day but still like the best shit usually tends to come into my brain at the beginning and end of the day.
1: So it's just an all hours affair. It's yeah. it's yeah. It's ruthless. So can you like pick out songs in the album and be like, that was a morning song. That was a night nighttime song. <laughs> um, not as
0: much, but like, I will say that I like lyrically, I work better in the morning and musically I work better at night.
1: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Can't remember if it was you or if it was Paul, that told me sometime during the pandemic, you went up north to a cottage somewhere for a couple of weeks and basically locked yourself in there and just wrote. Is that true?
0: Yeah. I went for a few days somewhere, which is honestly something that I would like, I would really love to like do an annual, you know, know, like make an annual trip out of or something. It'd be, it'd be cool. I haven't really done that since then. That was like the fall of 2020. Like that was like the beginning of
1: sharing new ruin ideas with, Okay. So that covers. was, that was new yeah. ruin ideas. Okay. That was new ruin. Yeah. Very cool. I think that's probably where you recorded the Ramones cover as well. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally that place. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, for anyone yeah. listening, he, uh, yeah, he did, uh, Mikey his you cover. Uh, he did, you did two, actually. Uh, I for, did two Ramones songs. I can't even, my brain is just completely fried. I've done so many of those videos. Oh, dude, Which two Ramones songs did you do? <laughs>
0: Well, the first one was Bonzo goes to Bitburg for sure. Yes. Okay, that's the one I recorded when I was up in that little cabin. Um, and what was the other one? Was it somebody to love or,
1: or some, yeah, uh, something to well, love? Some I can't even remember the other one. Like I remember doing it, but I don't
0: remember what song it
1: was. Yeah, I think it was that one. It was something I, to believe in. Something to believe in. Thank you. That was close. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was close. There's no prize yeah, for close, man. but there actually there's participation prizes now. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, your name's on the trophy. Yeah, totally. Totally. So um, I want to continue with the writing thing because I'm very interested in in how people write music and I'm curious about what you do. So for a lot of people, there's there's kind of like two different ways they they take in music. For me, I can listen to a song, I can listen to an album and I'll soak in all the, the instruments and all the melody and all that. But lyrics will just pass in one ear and out the other ear and I'll completely forget them. And then there's other people will just, they'll just listen to music for the lyrics. Would you say you're more of like a lyric guy or more of like the musical side? It's a good question. I'm, I'm both
0: because the mu Okay. The musical element of it all hits me first every time. And that's important because I feel like that, like that's definitely like what my brain connects to first and foremost is the, you know, like the melody and the, and the chords and, and the, the rhythm and everything and the kind of energy and power to everything or like lack thereof, you know what I mean? But what is the number one thing that ruins a song for me is if
1: the lyrics suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's And I know that's completely
1: subjective. No, but that, that <laughs> makes I know, sense. I, know I that. mean, yeah, yeah, totally. Like you hear a song and it hits you hard and you're like, this is mm-hmm. like, the melody's great. The drums are great. The guitar chords are great. And then they're singing about, I don't know, thongs, like thongs, a thong. You're just like, eh.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, it's, I don't know. And if I'm not, if I'm not buying it, it's because of the lyrics. It's not usually because of the music. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like there are no right or wrong musical moves to make. It's just all up to, you know, like, someone's taste and, and, and musical opinion and all that kind of stuff. But like with lyrics, I know that's also true, but with me, it's just, I just, there's so many songs that are just like, they were so close and I was digging it. And then the, and then the melody starts. I'm like, Oh, that's a cool melody. And then I listen to the lyrics. I'm like this means nothing. I don't think this means anything.
1: Yeah. So do you you like to write lyrics with deeper meaning, obviously, or you try to, yeah. I feel like you do.
0: I I I always try to because, I don't know, it's like it sounds kind of dramatic, but I just like, why go to all this effort and explore this amazing rabbit hole that you have at your fingertips in your own creativity on your own or with a group of friends or whoever it is? Why would you go to all that trouble, spend all this time and energy doing this thing? And then when you get to the lyrics, be like, I'm just going to write about, you know, the sunshine or like some, you know what I mean? I don't know, like some bubblegum bullshit. Like, it's just, it works for some people. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like one of the best Beatles songs is Here Comes the Sun. So that's okay. That's about sunshine. I it's get not my it. that's favorite cool.
1: song. I <laughs>
0: it's not my favorite either, but it's, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the more popular, whatever. It's just like, I don't know. I just think that maybe I'm two ways about it. That A lot of that's already been said. So I don't want to say that.
1: Yeah. Do you write about personal experience or do you do you kind of like do the like the Chino Deftones way where you just come up with scenarios and you write songs about different scenarios that not necessarily are things that happened in your life?
0: Honestly, I think up until New Ruin, most of what I wrote lyrics about was were things that are happening in my personal life or the lives of people immediately surrounding me or, you know, what, I, what was happening with the band. So much time away from home, from the from the comfort of home and the people you love at home and stuff to you know, sacrifice all this time with the people you love to, you know, travel, which is great. You know what I mean? And play shows for people, which is also great, but it's a strange way to live. And it was, and it was, it was a cool, but strange way to grow up because essentially me and the flats guys basically grew up on tour because we started touring right out of high school. So there's a lot of formative experiences that I think I missed out on that, that we all missed out on because of that. However, I wouldn't change it because I think the education we got and the life that we've all been able to lead because of this is fucking charmed because of music and our friendship, you know what I mean? With one another. So like, it's cool. It's just, it's been different. So when I have that frame of reference with my life and I see the rest of the world operating in a quote unquote different way, it creates a bit of discourse in my brain, you know what I mean? And emotionally speaking. So I think a lot of the songs up until New Ruin were about stuff like that. But then with New Ruin, I just had all this extra time to sit around over those years where everything was locked down and like really see and hear and feel like how fucking just much of a disaster the human race has become and the world has become at our hand so for the first time in a long time i started looking outward instead of inward for like lyrical inspiration and you know what i I should probably rephrase that because i didn't even really look outward it was just there you know what i mean like it just kind of it, it just kind of started off that way writing that record of like that's what the songs ended up being about right away
1: still sounds like the songs are, from your perspective, they're not necessarily stories that are made up, but it's like your perspective of the world and not necessarily personal things that have happened to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of the songs are more personal, meaning like, you know, like a song like Souvenir and Recoil are more kind of about just like mental health stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of elements about, of like Under Dying Sun that like pull from my personal experience, but are largely about, you know, like how actually tunnel vision and under Dying sun are two songs that like pull from my personal experience, but are at large about how, you know, things like capitalism and colonialism and all these kind of things like have really, really ruined the world. You know what I mean? So for, you know, someone at my age now, who's a uh, uh, technically an adult,
1: you know, <laughs> technically an adult. Uh, <laughs> I have so many questions about the album and, and for anyone listening, if I haven't mentioned it in the intro already, but the Flatliners they have a new album called New Ruin. Uh 11 songs produced by Chris Cresswell and uh sounds absolutely amazing. I I spoke to you Thanks, t- when we when we were shooting the the video for Souvenir. I, I I started picking your brain a little bit about it and then I was like I need to shut up in case I get this guy on the podcast so I can actually record it and let's and talk about this stuff. But in the last week I've listened to this album so many times. I I've probably driven uh Valerie absolutely crazy (laughs) listening to it constantly and uh, I've listened to it in the car listening to the headphones and first thing I got to say is the production the writing and the production like hands down is amazing so congratulations to you because it is it is so good and um I actually I think I texted you and I was like who mixed this album yes who mixed it Anton DeLost
0: uh, who is a super talented guy from Toronto and, um, man, it was wild. Like he can he kind of came in, like we, we had a, a few different people working on like mixes and stuff like, or we had, I mean, we had people in mind to, to mix the record. And then to be completely honest, Anton's name was not on our list. Like we'd, I'd heard uh, big vibe, the Seaway record he made. And I thought that record sound sounded fucking amazing, which it does, but he still, for some reason he just wasn't on our list. And then we got him to mix a song and we were like, Oh my God, like this guy just brought a lot of energy to the table that really tended to like, you know, really matched the energy. I think that the songs brought,
1: it was really cool. Yeah. When you're handing off your baby basically to him, to Anton, and you're saying, okay, mix this for us. Are you giving him notes? Like, are you saying, okay, you know, an heirloom for this part here, when it's just the guitar, I don't want the guitar to be too dirty. And then when this guitar comes in, I want it to be on the left side. And then when I'm doing all these extra backing vocals, I only want them here there there. Or are you just like, okay, go nuts.
0: Um, it's more of a go nuts scenario, but I will say that the mixing process of a record has become a part of the process that I both love and hate. Only because it's arguably, aside from the performance, it's the most important part of a record, I think, because it's the finishing touch. It's how everything is being completely presented to someone who wasn't there for the recording, who doesn't have an emotional attachment to the, the writing of the song. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the performance and all this kind of stuff. So it's a really integral part of the process. It can be really um, tedious, right? Uh, if you're working with even incredible mixers and, and incredible engineers and stuff. Lucky for us, I mean, Anton's super talented. And honestly, everyone we've worked with for records, like worked Ryzen on all our early records. He's an amazing mixer. Uh, you know, like having Derek mix Inviting Light, like he's incredible as well. So we've been really lucky, but I will say that I, I'm i very uh, into giving mix notes. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: um, because it is something that I feel so strongly about, it, like these songs, I mean, and the record is something that I'm, the most close to you know, aside from like the people in my life, like the record that I'm making at the time is the thing that is like the forefront of my mind, and I want it to be perfect. That doesn't mean that the take has to be played perfectly. It doesn't mean that everything has to sound like a robot playing music. It's that it's got to come out the way that I've always hoped it would come out. Yeah, the way you hear in your head.
1: The way you're hearing in yeah, your head is and what you want the mix to be.
0: Hundred percent, and it's it's very possible. For that to happen when you have talented musicians like I've got in the band with me, my my buddies, you know what I mean? And when you're working with
1: talented people, mixing it, engineering it, mastering it, all this kind of stuff. Do you send comps to, to Anton or does he comp all it oh, yeah. takes to?
0: Oh, oh everything's comped. Okay. Everything's comped and ready to go. So we're basically like giving them like, this is the final performance of everything. Like, these are the tones we want. We went with these guitar tones for a reason. We went with this drum room sound for a reason, all this kind of stuff. But kind of like, you know, like you said, like, we tell them to go nuts. And then if there's notes, you know, to to be thrown around, like, I'll I'll give notes. I'm not shy about giving notes. But what I like to do is I like to be as detailed as possible with the notes, not to waste anyone's time. More so the opposite, just so we can get right to the moment at hand. You know, like right there at at thirty seven seconds, that guitar track gonna come
1: up. It's also it's it's harder it's harder when you're not in the room. uh oh, yeah. While the guy's mixing, you know, because then you have to wait till it's done and then send it and then listen to it and then send it back, uh, which is kind of yeah. the new new thing in in post COVID life where people do everything from home. Absolutely. So it's a little bit different. percent.
0: I think it's also important if there's anyone out there listening who you know loves giving notes for their mixes or whatever it is. Give positive notes too. Don't just send notes being like, ah, this has to change. This has to be louder. That's got to be quieter. That, that tone, we got to mess with that. Get like, you got to give the people who are like crafting your album into the fine. It's final form. You got to give them their credit. Like when it's due. And sometimes that's right away. Like, yo, this part of the song sounds wicked. Or like this song is perfect. We don't even have to worry about that one. That's dumb but let's talk about this part of this song. You know what I mean? Like it can't all be, it can't all be like just a to-do list. Cause then it makes, it makes the
1: work feel so much more like work. Whereas like, it could be, it could be fun. I've been on the receiving end of that as, as a, a, a guy who, you know, edits music videos of, you know, certain bands They'll I'll get, or even Mikey, like when Mikey is like, okay, I'll send him the first, you know, version of the video. He won't just be like, it's awful. This, this is wrong. This is wrong. He'd be like, you know what? This video is award winning. I just need you to change this, this is and that. And I'm just like, yeah. okay.
0: Thank you. It's so easy to like, you know, also put in the stuff in the email or the text or whatever you're doing for the notes, you know, to be sent over. Like it's pretty easy to also like put some nice things in there. The things that you like about it. Like it doesn't take that much longer to write that part of the message. So I've I've always been I've always been a firm believer of like gas people up and like make sure the people that you're working with know there's a reason you wanna work together. You know what I mean?
1: Was it your idea or the band's idea? Was it Paul's idea? Was it Anton's idea to have the mix, uh, like the drummer's perspective versus uh, the audience perspective? That's a cool thing, right?
0: That was was ultimately, so that was ultimately, ooh, this might have been a combination of Matt Snell, our our dear friend who engineered the whole record. Um, That might have
1: been a combination of how
0: he kind of engineered things and Anton's mix style.
1: Okay. But it's cool, right? That's awesome. I love it it's yeah. fantastic the guitars are huge uh yep. i think the, the they're definitely bigger than uh, the last album and i feel like there's oh, yeah. a lot more screaming or not, oh, yeah. not really you're not like screaming at the top you're screaming in key and there's melody but there's a lot more you're a lot more like performance i guess more coming yeah. out of you i don't know what to say um yeah, yeah yeah i get what you mean performative hours is that about social media um, in part, I mean, it's, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's mostly just about how I think uh, most people on the planet are full of shit. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that, that is, that is a dir- that is a direct result of the internet. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And giving, and giving uh, you know, like a, basically like an opportunity to everyone on earth to basically like curate a version of their life that they want everyone else to see. You know what I mean? So that is kind of the seed of the idea, but it definitely gets into just like, you know, questions about like, like why, why do people need to do that? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, I mean like, I guess the easy answer is yes, but there's a little more to it than that. And yeah, I just think that people are full of shit usually. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not you, not me, not our friends, you know what I mean? But everyone else.
1: <laughs> Save. <laughs> you saved it. All right. I'm not full of shit. Thank you. I definitely know a lot of people full of shit. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So it's all good. It's all good. I want to ask you about it'll hurt. I don't want to, I don't want to know too much about it because I have my own. I, I love that song. So that song Thank for me, know. I texted you about that too. I'm I'm sure uh, you're like, this guy's texting me again. Fuck. Uh, but uh, that song, that song for sure is the, the one that is like, uh, it just hit me. It's like, like I said earlier, where the music hits you. Or the the lyrics to you. And that one for me is just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but something about that song just touches me. And I'm just like, fuck, this song is great. Oh, that's cool, man. So I was just like, I, I need to make a music video for this. Hey, let's make this music. I don't even, <laughs> right, uh, right. I, I don't even know if it's going to be a single or anything, but that's this is how my brain works. i like, I want to, I want to be a part of it. Like, I want to be like, okay, yeah. I want to be creative now with this song and I want to make something for the song that I see
0: that's beautiful right that's kind of how like because you have something that you are so passionate about that you do really well and you also in that through I'm sure years and years of working on that kind of thing have like found a process and now you don't even have to think about your process it just occurs right in your like like in your brain that's similar to how when I listen to music when I kind of like lie awake at night with a musical idea in my head like Before I know it kind of gets to be, I don't know, like not fully formed, but like more than not fully formed before I know it. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's my brain working in a way where like, I don't know. I just like, we're
1: lucky that we found this shit. Does it drive you mad until you record it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I filmed a music video yesterday for my friend's band for this song that... They, I first heard in 2018, they played live and I was just like, whoa, this song is so good. And then maybe like two months later, they sent me a demo for it. And I was like, this song, something about this song. It's the same thing with uh, It'll Hurt. It's just like this song, something is just in me that's, I need to like, I need I need to do something with this song. I need, I know it's their song and it's 100% their song, but I like, I need to make visual art with this song. Yeah. And, they finally released this song on a, on a label and it came out in 2021, I think. So like four years had gone by and I was like, we need to make a video for this song. They're like, okay, well, you know, the label wants this other song to be the single. I'm like, I will do a video for that song that you're talking about. As long as in the deal, I can do a video for this song too. And they're like, okay. So that's cool. I made the first video for them. It's awesome. It's online. And then, the second, now like a year later, we finally get to it. So it's been like five years since I've heard this song. It's just been driving me crazy silently. Like, <laughs> I need to make this music yeah, yeah, video. Yeah. And I finally got to yeah. do it yesterday. So it's just like, ah, yes, finally. So I might be back. Yeah, there is,
0: like, there is a huge relief in that, right? Yeah. It's, totally. But it's,
1: it's funny because it's also, I think it's also a
0: thing where like it's the same thing, like the same thing that relieves me is the same thing that like drives me crazy, meaning like it's never going to end. It's not that I'm chasing the feeling of oh, I finally like got the demo of that idea out of my brain, or like finished the record version of it, or like oh, we need we can now play the song live. Each of those parts of the process have like their own unique kind of emotional feeling to me. But I know I'm not chasing that. Well, I don't think I'm, ch- <laughs> I'm chasing that feeling. Like I don't know for sure. I don't think I'm chasing that feeling. I think I'm just always gonna want to make something new, and like an amazing byproduct of the song is the emotional weight is lifted or the like the the emotional box is checked you know what i mean It feels so like it's very fulfilling like i love touring i love playing shows i love getting a song to the point where we're playing it live but
1: then you know then it takes it like on a whole new life yeah because it's not yours anymore it's 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 the bands it's the people's Absolutely. I honestly feel like
0: once you start playing a song live, that's when like the life of a song really begins. I know it's so cheesy to put it this way, but I feel like the soul of the song is the recorded version. That's the soul of the song to me. But once you play it live and you're touring a lot with that song and like people get to connect to it, people get to be in the room singing along. That's the life of the song. So I don't know, like I love that part of it, but like nothing will ever compare to like finally getting that idea out of your head and like getting it recorded, even like on your fucking phone, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like just finally getting it down to the point where you don't have to sing it to hear it. You can just hit play and listen to it. Right. For the first time. It's beautiful. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's like a drug. Like it's, <laughs> it really
1: is. It, it I mean, really is. Yeah. There's nothing that nothing that compares to it. You can't buy it. It's something you can't buy. Yeah. You can't force it. From playing that song live because
0: at least for me, because when I'm playing a song live, I'm also like being mindful, I like got as, as lost as I can get. I usually do get in like playing our shows and stuff. I'm also being as mindful as possible, about like performing like this song and these songs and, 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 this show, like, I gotta remember how to, I gotta put my hand somewhere on the guitar to play the song. I gotta, I gotta, you know, situate my body in a certain way to hit that note when I'm singing it. Whereas like, if I'm just listening to the idea, I just recorded, I'm just, fucking sitting around (laughs) it feels
1: good drinking coffee (laughs) yeah
0: it's just it's just like both are really beautiful in different ways but i just i don't think i'll ever tire of that feeling you know
1: perfect it's perfect yeah Yeah. perfect (laughs) thanks man. Have another album that you also released uh this yes. year. So you're in a you're in a little band from America called Hot Water Music. <laughs> yeah. And how did that happen? Because it's only been about six years, right? Five years? It's been it's been five years this upcoming weekend. So five
0: years ago at Fest, I, I ran into George from Hot Water when we were like Paul from the flats and I were loading in at the show. We were playing with hot water that night. And uh I ran into George and he told me that Wallard couldn't play the show. Like, kind of all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you can't make it. Like, could you play the show? And I kind of thought he was joking. Like, so I was like, nah, I turned him down. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I realized he was, he was serious. And um, yeah, I basically just like, long story short, I learned a handful of songs that day. Were, were you, Are you a, a fan
1: I, of Hot Water Music? Did you oh know yeah. their music already? Like, okay.
0: Huge, huge fan. That's what made learning those songs that day, like, easier. Because I already knew where they went. Um, I just re- had never really like sat down and tried to play them before, to be honest, but I knew where they went. So a handful of songs that day played with them that night it was terrified. Like after the flat show, I kept jamming and then like Chuck and I from Hawwater, like all of a sudden after the flat show, like playing two unplugged electric guitars at a loud show, like backstage, like going frantically going over songs. And I'm like, this is fucking terrifying. I'm going to barf. And, uh, and then, and then they uh, they started the set without me. They started as like a three piece, and Chuck played a couple songs on his own. I think I don't really know because I was still practicing. And then um, I went on stage and blacked out and played eight songs with Hot Water, and um, I don't remember it. And then I played a show with them the next day as well, and that one felt great. Like that one, the nerves weren't gone by any means. The nerves kind of still aren't gone with playing with Hot Water even five years later, just because they mean so much to me and to so many people and, and, uh, and everything, but that second show felt great. And then from there, it was just kind of like every time they had shows coming up, they weren't sure if Wallard could make it. So they'd hit him up and he'd think about it, or he would kind of figure out if he could or couldn't. And then for a while it was that he couldn't, um, due to health reasons. So I just kept playing with them. And then in 2019, the band went on a 25th anniversary tour. And that was like the first time that, They kind of approached me about doing like a whole year. You know what I mean? They had everything kind of worked out for like the year for that whole tour. And uh, at that point, they knew Wallard couldn't do it. So they wanted to extend the invitation to me, which I accepted. And then on that, kind of around that time is when like we
1: started talking about, they started talking about making a record. And there were whispers of having me involved. Whispers. So wait, before, before we get to that, did you have a conversation with your boys in the flats being like, hey, this yes. is a good situation? So like, a, like yeah. a respect thing.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I had a conversation with them. I had a conversation with Wallard, you know, like because he was dealing with like health stuff that like kept him away from the stage. And I didn't want to just, I didn't want to be the guy to drive a wedge there or anything like that. Or I didn't want to be the guy to just, I don't know. Like this guy's one of my guitar heroes. You know, like I can't, I can't be that guy just taking someone's spot. Like that's not the world I'm from and that's not who I am. So I wanted to make sure once I learned that like he was cool with the band continuing, like he was very supportive of that and continues to be very supportive of that continuing to play shows, to tour and stuff without him. I wanted to make sure him and I like talked about it. So we did. And and yeah, and the flats guys and I did, and it was, everyone was kind of like, yeah, like, go for it. I don't think anyone, including myself, realized what it would lead to, you know? It really felt like it was a thing. I was like, hey, like, I'm going to go do these shows. Like, you guys cool with me doing that? They're like, yeah, of course. They're not getting in the way of our shows. Like, fucking go play with one of your favorite bands. Absolutely. And then it became what it's become.
1: So how was the the writing process? Like, it's got to be completely different, right? Because you're the main writer for the Flats, but you're in this band that's been around for 25 years. Like, uh, how do you fit in? with the writing process and the recording process and all that kind of stuff.
0: It was, it was definitely a different, a different world, man. Like just getting a peek behind that curtain, you know what I mean? Was enough for me. Like it was so cool. It really was. And continues to be, I mean, uh, we're so scattered, like three, like Wallard who's, I should, I should mention, if if people don't know, like he's still in the band and very much a part of the writing and recording of records and stuff like that. He's uh, he's just not on the road. So he was honestly the spark a lot of the early ideas floating around he was bringing the heat early which was awesome and basically like him and george and jason from hot water are all in florida and chuck lives in california and i'm in canada so we were and then when brian mcturnan who produced the record he's in baltimore so when when he got involved like we were like okay well we're all scattered basically brian would go down to gainesville every once in a while and it was like during COVID too, this was like, he, he was like flying there and like he, everyone's masked up, everyone's being safe. You know what I mean? Like, But he was still like, it was, it was like those kind of days. So he was definitely taking a risk like going down there to help make this record, which we really appreciate, man. And uh, he would go down and like basically like just hang out while um, Waller, Jason and George would like jam at Black Bear Studio in Gainesville. Then they'd like work on a couple ideas and kind of get them over the course of like a weekend at a time, they'd get a few ideas up to like a basic arrangement and then send them to Chuck and I. And then we'd all like, we'd all get together on zoom and like talk about the songs and then kind of like kick ideas back and forth for like another guitar part idea or a vocal idea for this section or that part, or like, it was really kind of like
1: piecing it together that way. Um, I feel like a lot of bands did that during the pandemic for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, it's not perfect. You know, what, what probably took a year would have maybe taken a few weeks if we were all in the same place, but at least we had that opportunity to like still add it all up. You know what I mean? Over that course of time with technology and shit like that, like it was used, it was used a lot. You know what I mean? Like we were definitely, uh, we're definitely getting our money's worth with all the free Zooms we have. Like, but it was good. It was, it was positive, and it was cool. Like, you know, like for a certain part of a certain song, or a certain song in total, like maybe a couple people would like break off into another conversation, kind of like be tasked with that song, and then it was cool. Like, there was no ego to it. There was no like, no vibe of like, oh, I like I wrote this guitar part, so I'm going to play that part. Or like Chuck wrote that vocal part, so he's going to sing that part. Like there was a lot of sharing, like a lot of stuff that that I wrote, other people sang and played. A lot of stuff that I played, other people wrote. And, and you know what I mean? It was really cool. It was really, really collaborative in that way. And a lot of that was Brian kind of feeling out everyone's strengths and being like, you know, he was kind of like the coach and he was like, you are the person for this part. You're the person for this part. You're the person for this part. We're like, okay, it's I'll good. It's, it's cool. good to
1: have somebody kind of like being the, I guess the leader you can say or whatever. So, or yeah. this someone, everyone just listens to you and says, okay, we're going to listen to this person. And you have complete trust and faith in this person. percent, hundred percent. It's, it's, it's a game changer. And honestly, I think most
0: bands, you know, benefit from from that for sure if there isn't someone in the band like with that kind of hat on or it could be a couple people in the band with that hat on as well but for this record with hot water i can only imagine how strange it was for the other guys because this was the first time there was a fifth member of the band and the first time there was a third guitar and you were writing
1: lyrics too you said yes yeah everyone was just like cool it wasn't like how dare you
0: no it was cool that's (laughs) to be honest when the idea, like a couple of years before, like we really got serious about the writing process, when it started to come up, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to ruin a band that I love, so I was like, I kind, I kind of like, just like that first show at Fest five years ago. I kind of said no first, you know. Like I, when they approached me, I was like, I don't think I should do that. And they're like, No, we want you to be involved. Like <laughs> they're like, We want you to to be a part of this. So it's not that I took a lot of convincing by any means, but I definitely like needed to, I don't know. It was just, it was just so bizarre to like be in those shoes, to be hearing this band that you really love say like, yeah, like we trust you essentially, you know, is what they were saying. Like we we're bringing you in. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I, <laughs> I'm so, I, it's, it's just, it's surreal. You know, it really, it honestly is. It's uh it really is. And it, but yeah, the process was incredible. And it was so collaborative, and, and it was just like it felt like it was a lot of it was a lot of
1: sharing, which was really cool. Did you end up going down to Gainesville to record your parts, or did you record them here and send them?
0: Um, so for the, all the demo stuff, I would just do it all remotely from home. But yeah, we made the record in Gainesville the summer of 2021.
1: So we were there for like three weeks. It's basically your second home now. At this point, you're going there all it's the time. It's kind of be,
0: it's kind of become that, which is cool. Yeah, we made "Feel the Void" in. June and uh, yeah, June of 2021, June, and July of 2021. And then flats recorded new ruin. Uh, we started recording new ruin at the end of August,
1: 2021.
0: Wow. So you kind of made those records back to back.
1: Yeah. And so for, for, uh, for new ruin, it was uh, bass and drums, a noble, and then yeah. a guitar and vocals. Where was that done?
0: We did the guitars and
1: vocals at Genesis sound, uh, near Hyde park.
0: So that's, uh, that's our friend, Matt Snell's studio. And it's, it's awesome. Like, it's just like, he's a great dude. He's such a pleasure to work with. We met him, uh, when we were doing Inviting Light, cause he actually engineered the bass and drums for Inviting Light at phase one in Scarborough, uh, before they moved. So like the old, the OG phase one. So he's, he's become a great friend of the bands and just like a, a musical confidant with all this kind of stuff. And he's just like, so good at his, his, his work, you know what I mean? He's so proficient and he's, and on top of that, he's like an absolute pleasure to like spend
1: time with, which is a big deal for us. Oh yeah. You're going to spend a lot of time with this person. Yeah. Better like Like him. Yeah.
0: And, and kind of what I said earlier about like, you know, the notes with mixing and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I know it's all, I know it's work technically, but I want the work to feel fun. I feel like I feel like I can speak on behalf of the whole band when I say that. Like we want it to be like fun. It's it is a lot of work, but it's we're making a record. Like it should be fucking fun. So, so I think we found the right guy.
1: Yeah, I think I was. That. I think yeah. I've been there. I'm not sure if Greg Laramie recorded yeah. there. Okay, yeah, he did. I, I he did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I went there one day and I I took a bunch of photos for him. Yeah, that's a great studio. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and it's just like it's exactly this the amount of space you need to do what we were doing in there, what Greg was doing in there for his record. Like I've recorded some solo stuff there. Like it's exactly what you need. And like the energy, I know again, it's kind of cheesy, but like the energy of that place is good. It's just like a fun place to be, to be working on music. And and Matt's just like, just a great dude. Like we spent, we've spent so much time together making a few things now. And it's like, there's never been a day where I'm like, you know, uh, not like, fucking recording with a smile on my face. Honestly, like yeah. he's, he's, he's the best. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy again. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> never been that like, fuck, like, you know, like Jesus Christ. Okay.
1: <laughs> he doesn't want it. freshies. Oh, what's, what's his problem. I want freshies <laughs> every day of my life. <laughs> there's this, there's
0: also this, this banging, uh, like shawarma place, uh, called shawarma boys, uh, like kitty corner basically to his, uh, his studio. And there's a really great coffee shop right there. And like, it's just like,
1: it's he's got a
0: good setup, so it's a good area you know what it's i mean in a good yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah real quickly going back to hot water music i guess it's kind of like release an album and uh get busy for a little bit touring and then go your separate ways because like i think george is in bouncing souls right like people yeah. have other stuff going on so it's not like a hundred percent full-time commitment thing
0: no i mean yes and no i mean dude yeah when i when i joined the fold like just adding to the scheduling fucking nightmare that can be our <laughs> Since yeah, George has been in the Souls for I think ten years now, and obviously Chuck's got his solo thing and and all this. So yeah, adding like someone else to the band that has a band of their own uh, is you know probably not the greatest idea. But it's it's been working. It's been working great. And you know what? I think a lot of that is because Mr. Jason Black. From Hot Water Music is uh, an extremely organized and talented and understanding human being. <laughs> and also, I'm lucky that my dudes in the flats are just like, yeah, man, still play in one of your favorite bands. You know what I mean? Like still, like it's we, we've been busy this year on the road, like for sure. Both bands have been super busy. The touring landscape is changing all the time. You know what I mean? And, and like coming out of COVID, like I've kind of been on the road now for about a year not absolutely solid but like I've been doing stuff since last September and it's changed man like everyone that does this everyone's lives were affected in those couple years where everything was locked down everything so for instance I learned that it's nice to be home for a while (laughs) (laughs) I never my wife and I got married at the end of 2019 and then all of a sudden I'm home for the the longest amount of solid time we've ever spent together and at that point we were together for 10 years so like I don't know. It's just I learned a lot about myself and and everything like during those couple of years, and I'm sure everyone on Earth did. But I think I think. Oh, sorry, oh. my dog's gone a little wild. There we go. <laughs> I died. Um, but you know, in like those couple of years, I also learned that uh, it's kind of like I'm fortunate to do this thing. So when I can do it, I'm gonna do it. There are limitations in place now. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know if I ever want to go on tour for two months straight ever again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're you're also not as, you know, you're not in your twenties. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, absolutely. I came home from the last tour I just did in Europe. It was like two and a half weeks. And I
0: was like, God damn, I'm old.
1: I just felt my age. For me, when I'm on tour, the hardest thing for me is the sleep thing. I get real tired yeah. because I can't sleep in a van like when it's moving. I I'm, I'm just that person that's up and I'm doing things, I'm emailing people, you know, I'm advancing the next show and all that kind of stuff. But like the lack of sleep that really kills me. It's the food is always yeah. great and the people are always great, the music. The show, you as soon as the show starts, you have all this energy again. But then oh, yeah. the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. show ends and you're just like yeah, you get home and you sleep for 3 days.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely been like feeling my age a lot more recently. <laughs> but also like I don't there's never been a time in my life where I've been in two active bands that have both put records out in the same year and I'm touring and, and I'm touring both of those records. Like it's a lot, right? So it's it's I know what I signed up for and I'm and I'm happy I'm doing it. Absolutely. But it's uh yeah, it's just it's funny like kind of being handed that opportunity after a couple of years of like not inactivity, because like writing obviously a lot of writing happens. In those years, but like after two years of not touring, after two uh, years of not having to put pants of, on of, and leaving the house, let's be real, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, for real, it's like a lot, a lot's changed, you know what I mean? And like you're in like everyone's like physical, uh, kind of like makeup, too, right? So it's yeah, like the your, your body changes, your 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 mind, your your emotions, everything's kind of changing, like, and has been you know, like greatly affected by being given a dose of i don't know like a harsh reality of like you don't get to do what you love to do and you don't get to see anyone either
1: for a couple of years. yeah but, ah. and the arts were like okay. the first thing to just get totally canceled and then the last yeah. thing to be put back on on yeah. Display. yeah and you know
0: i mean i'm we could come up with a list of people who have had it like, a lot harder than artists Absolutely. as well you know what i mean yeah. but like it's yeah it's just like everyone point being everyone was affected by it and it was it was just kind of wild to like realize like oh like all this can go away so
1: fast Right. Okay. You know what I mean cuz I never thought of it that way. No. Totally. Never. Yeah, you don't it's yeah. something you don't think about. Yeah. We don't have too much time left. I want to kind of ask you a couple of questions and uh, just, you know, short quick answers. Just fire okay. fire them at you. Okay. Maybe. What's your favorite song on both the albums that you released this year? If you have to choose one of each.
0: Uh it always changes, but right now my favorite song off of Oh, okay, one sec. Let me think about this. My favorite song off of New Ruin right now is probably Oath. And then again, it's always changes. I think my favorite song off of Feel the Void right now is probably
1: Ugh, it's such a hard question to answer. Um maybe Newtown Scraper, track track three. Track three, yeah. yeah. So are you guys are you playing that song live and are you playing Oath Live? We we've been playing Oath Live. We have not played Newtown Scraper Live yet. Hopefully one day. I think we're golden. I think we're good. Cool, dude. You heard it here first. Who you got to check out? All the, the people, all the tens of listeners, thousands of <laughs> listeners, whoever's listening out there. You need to check out the Flatliners. You need to check out Hot Water Music. And and Chris, you have also some acoustic stuff that uh, they should also yeah. check out. Yeah, check it out. Thank you so it's much. It's on your phone. It's in yeah. your hand already. It's check already it there. Sorry, you it's already al- got it. Check it's almost it like the U2 album. It's, it's in your phone it's (laughs) already (laughs) there they've apologized for that I don't know if you've seen that I just saw that (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) finally yeah finally I've been waiting for that apology for so long
2: fucking
1: good no I want to say thank you thank you Chris thank you very much for hanging out my pleasure man thanks for having me it's great to chat with you sweet and done That ending right there that has uh, Pinkerton vibes to it, for sure. I love it. The keys. Yeah, that's It'll Hurt by the Flatliners. That's the song I was talking about earlier that uh, just gets to me. I don't know what it is, but it gets me. It's a fucking great song. And uh, yeah, definitely check out those albums and those bands. What a great conversation with Chris. Thanks again, Chris, for uh, hanging out with me and chatting with me. Always a great time talking to that man. He's got so much knowledge about the music industry. It's absolutely insane. Um, Yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Steve Risen. He is the uh, technical producer on this episode and all previous episodes of the podcast. He works at Drive Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Thank you, Steve. And uh, if you want to get any more information on Krusty Media, just head over to KrustyMedia.ca and uh, you can find out. Everything that I'm up to, everything I'm doing, you know, you can buy some prints. You can check out the merch and uh, all the other podcasts we've done. There's a whole just, I don't even know what to say. There's a shit ton of stuff on that website. So go there and check it out. Crustymedia.ca. If you have any questions or you want to be on the podcast, like you want your question to be on the podcast, feel free to email me and uh, maybe I'll answer it on the podcast. Maybe. We'll see. Anyways, see you next time. (laughs) Deep breath.